Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is going to be our guest. Easy for me to say, right? The the auxiliary bishop from Kazakhstan. He's going to be on. We're going to be talking about relativism in the church. Is the church in eclipse? That's been going around a lot lately. We're going to ask him about his opinion of that. Why did the Germans seem so adamant about rebelling? There's over 500 uh, priests, German priests, who vow to defy church's ban on same-sex couples, according to a headline of Lifeside News. That's insane. Utterly insane. Uh, Our Catholic president, uh, Mr. Biden, his press secretary stated, um, the White House disagrees with the Catholic Church on abortion. Oh, that's interesting. Um, We are seeing craziness all over the country. I mean, just so many things. And I have to believe that where the church goes, or as the church goes, so does the world around it. So that's why we're having a conversation with Bishop Athanasius Athanasius Schneider. I'll get there eventually, I promise. Uh, so that's coming up in this hour. Plus, uh, there's a good chance we might, we might have Michael Hitchborn on from the Lepanto Institute during our What's Concerning Us section. He's got an article on their website that said a heretical association of Catholic priests supports pro-LGBT adoption legislation. Seems rather crazy to me. So we're going to have that conversation as well today. So jam-packed hour is going to be great. Plus, breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of the day, and a ton more. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. I'm really excited for today's show. I'm so grateful for both of the guests that we have on today just grateful that they god has sent us people like them at a time like this yeah praise be to god it's uh it's a it's a little bittersweet right it's you wish you could talk about uh, fluffy bunnies and sunshine all the time but our job is to uh, shed light upon the darkness in the world and try to do so with with some charity but nonetheless it must be done speaking of which Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of fluffy bunnies and sunshine, is, uh, that, is that what it is? From your lips to God's uh, ears. You know, I, I, I prefer I prefer um, the fluffy bunnies. I was watching Of Mice and Men last night. Have you never wow. seen it? Of it's course. It, the Lenny petting the, uh, wanting the bunnies, the whole the whole movie. Very sad. Anyway, that's a rabbit hole. Rabbit you get it? hole. <laughs> Bunny I get hole. It. I get okay. the connection. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, done. God. I'm done. All right. We should have a whole section of just terrible dad jokes. Oh, that man. would be fun. I'm going to be sick that day. (laughs) We should do that in the after show. If you're joining us for the second part of the second hour, well, that's called the after show. Maybe we'll dive into some dad jokes. We'll have to see how that goes. But a ton of content on today's program. We're very excited about it. Hopefully you can join us for some or all of it. Uh, But either way, we're going to be praying for you and for your intentions today. Uh, whatever is on your heart, whatever your needs are. Of course, we continue to pray for our own needs. The, the Station of the Cross, by the way, is running their spring uh, fundraiser on air. So please consider a financial donation if you're listening up there in Massachusetts or New York or Pennsylvania or Ohio. 
Uh, and then, of course, the Guadalupe Radio Network is with us this morning, too. And praise be to God, we're praying for the intentions of our radio apostolate and our team here at Catholic Drive Time as we continue to uh, discern and pray for God's holy will in replacing Emily as she uh, transitions back to her hometown of Chicago, praying for her and for her intentions as well. And all of you, our dear fans, we're very grateful to you. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand. Sinful and sorrowful, O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz. Lawyers for an alleged abuse victim in the Diocese of Springfield in Massachusetts have asked the state's chief justice to assign a special judge from outside western Massachusetts to the case, citing a potential for undue influence from people associated with the diocese. The alleged victim, identified as John Doe, claims he suffered trauma as a result of the diocese's mishandling of an abuse allegation he brought against the late Christopher Weldon, Bishop of Springfield from 1950 to 1977. Doe, a former altar boy, alleges that Bishop Weldon, along with two priests of the Springfield Diocese, repeatedly abused him in the 1960s and that he first remembered his abuse in 2013. Weldon died in 1982 Doe alleges in a January 20th lawsuit that Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky, who was Bishop of Springfield from 2014 to 2020, and other diocesan officials met his complaint with deliberate indifference, which caused him further trauma. Archbishop Rosansky has apologized for the chronic mishandling of this case time and time again since 2014. Archbishop Rosansky backed major changes in the Springfield Diocese's handling of abuse during his tenure. The White House press secretary said this week that President Biden, quote, respectfully disagrees with Catholic bishops on federally funded fetal tissue research. At Tuesday's White House press briefing, EWTN News Nightly's Owen Jensen asked press secretary Jen Psaki about the Biden administration's recent decision to remove restrictions on federally funded fetal tissue research, saying, quote, As you well know, the administration had just lifted the ban on researchers using fetal tissue from elective abortions. Jensen cited a statement of the U.S. Bishops Conference that the decision to lift the ban and allow for taxpayer-funded research with aborted fetal tissue was deeply offensive. In response, Saki said, quote, Look, I think the White House respectfully disagrees, and we believe that it's important to invest in science and look for opportunities to cure diseases, and I think that's what this is hopeful to do. The National Institutes of Health announced on April 16th that it was reversing restrictions on research using fetal tissue and organs of aborted babies. And the Episcopal consecration of Archbishop Mark Miles, who was appointed Apostolic Nuncio to Benin and Togo earlier this year, was held in Gibraltar on Sunday. The consecrator of the April 25th Mass was Pietro Cardinal Perlin, Vatican Secretary of State with Archbishop Arthur Rausch and Bishop Carmel Zamet as co-consecrators. Archbishop Miles was ordained a priest of the Diocese of Gibraltar in 1996. He has served in the Vatican's diplomatic corps since 2003. He's been an English language interpreter for Pope Francis and has recently been the Holy See's permanent observer to the Organization of American States. 
He has served as papal representative in Ecuador and Hungary in the General Affairs Section of the Secretariat of State. He was appointed Apostolic Nuncio on February 5th and to Togo on March 2nd. At the end of the Mass, Archbishop Miles alluded to Gibraltar's upcoming referendum on abortion, saying that he hopes, quote, that the sentiments which underpin Gibraltar Gibraltarians' generosity, care, and concern toward the vulnerable will continue to be expressed to all stages of human life in our community. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. St. Peter Chanel, pray for us. He was born on the 12th of July, 1803 in France as Peter Louis Marie Chanel. He was born to a peasant family. He was a shepherd boy, an excellent student, ordained in 1827 at the age of 24, and was assigned to Crozet, a parish in decline. And he turned it around uh, in part because of his ministry to the sick and brought a spiritual revival to the parish. He joined the Society of Mary, the Amarist Fathers, in 1831, and he taught at the Belay Seminary for five years. He led a band of missionaries to the New Hebrides in 1836, which is a chain of islands off of the coast of Australia. It's an area where cannibalism had only just recently been outlawed, and he was the first Christian missionary on the island of Fortuna. He converted many, often as a result of his work with the sick. He learned the local language and taught in local school. He was killed, though, by Nikuli Nuliki, Nuliki, I don't know how to say that properly, a native priest king who was a, uh, a very jealous person of St. Peter's influence over his own subjects, because many were becoming Christians. And so on the 28th of April, 1841, the priest king with clubs and such beat him to death. He was hacked to pieces, hatchets, and he was buried. He would be canonized on the 12th of June, 1954 by Pope Pius XII. St. Peter Chanel, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 12, verses 44 through 50. Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not only in me, but also in the one who sent me. And whoever sees me sees the one who sent me. I came into the world as light, so that everyone who believes in me might not remain in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not observe them, I do not condemn him. For I did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Whoever rejects me and does not accept my words has something to judge him. The word that I spoke, it will condemn him on the last day, because I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. So what I say, I say, as the Father told me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's an interesting parallel here between this passage in John 12 of these, uh, the, this crowd that Jesus is speaking to that refused to still believe, right? So he's speaking to them, he's, he's urging them, he's, he's trying to get them to have that act of faith and let that act of faith inform all the decisions in their life, but they refuse for some odd reason. 
And then if you go back to John 9, and you remember the, the story about the man born blind whom Jesus healed, and then he was confronted by the Sanhedrin? Who is this that healed you? And then once it was discovered that it was Jesus, he did not recant his, his position. He stood firm on his faith in this man, you know, uh, against the Sanhedrin even, that Jesus was able to heal him, so he must be from God. You remember that? Well, there's an interesting parallel between these two. That when we are confronted by this decision, we are confronted by this faith, what decisions do we make and do we allow that decision to inform everything in our life? Are we too afraid of what others might think, feel, or say? Are we too selfish in the way we just demand our life to go versus the way the, uh, that God has commanded us for it to go? I think that's at the heart of this passage here. But it is truly a response to the Father that it is the response we give to the Son is a response to the Father because of their, their deep and connected relationship. St. Augustine would say, He signifies to them that He is more than He appears to be. For to men he appeared but a man, his Godhead was hid. Such as the Father is, such am I in nature and in dignity. That's St. Augustine. But don't forget, Jesus encounters us in our darkness. He meets us where, where we are at. That is true. But he never allows us to just wallow in that darkness, in that position. Meeting us where we're at is step one. Taking us where we have to go is step two. Oftentimes, this is overlooked in modern uh, Catholic ministry circles. Sometimes we believe that meeting them where they're at is all we need to do, but that is not the case. St. Augustine would say, whereby it is evident that he found all in darkness, in which darkness, if they wish not to remain, they must believe in the light which is come into the world. All saints are light, but they are not so by faith, because they are enlightened by him for whom to withdraw is darkness. Let's not stand in our darkness. Now, now is the time of mercy. That much is true. Jesus makes this clear. And sometimes we can, we can hear this passage and we go, see, Jesus is all about mercy. He's not about judgment. Mm, he's about both in this passage. He makes it clear. Now is the time of mercy. Afterwards comes the time of judgment. But don't kid yourself. If you don't make use, maximum full use of the time of mercy, you're going to be facing headlong into the time of judgment. And it ain't going to be pretty. And I'm in the same boat as you are. The time of mercy is now, but that time is going to pass. And if we don't get off our laurels and make use of that, we are going to be in deep, deep trouble. When we stare into the eyes of Christ, we are seeing into the Father. Let there be no mistake. He has come to save souls, and he's happy to give us mercy. But that judgment's coming, and it's going to be all on us. Amen? Don't go anywhere after this short break. We're going to dive into a what's concerning us, and there's lots to talk about. More Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up in, I don't know, 20 minutes or so from now, Bishop Athanasius Schneider is going to be our guest. He is the Auxiliary Bishop in Kazakhstan. We're going to be talking about the relativism that is plaguing the church. Is the church entering into the eclipse? That is a question I've heard many times recently, and I thought it'd be great to have a conversation around that with the bishop. And so he has graciously agreed to be on with us. And we're going to jump into a variety of questions to include what is going on in Germany? Like what in the world is going on in Germany? I saw this article just this morning on LifeSite News. Over 500 German priests vow to defy church's ban on the same-sex couples. It says, uh, here this is April 27th by Pete uh, Bakalinski says, hundreds of priests in Germany have vowed to defy the Vatican's ban on same-sex blessings. A much-hype blessing service for same-sex couples titled Love Wins, Blessing Service for Others, is planned for May 10th with more than 50 Catholic parishes so far signing up to offer such blessings. This goes on to say, last month, openly homosexual German priest um, created a Facebook post to protect the congregation for the doctrine of faith, oh no, rather, forgive me, to protest the congregation for the doctrine of faith's March 15th declaration that the church cannot bless same-sex relationships since, quote, God does not and cannot bless sin, unquote. What, like, I don't understand. It, it seems to me like it's fairly straightforward. The church's teaching is X, and therefore, there we go. That's it. That's all we need to know. But we just reject this, the church's teaching because we think we know better. Or this this phrase, love wins, I think is the key. I think it's really the key to interpreting uh, what is going on here. Somehow, some way, there has been a hijacking of the word love, similar to how there has been a hijacking of the, of the rainbow to, su- to suggest or support something that is contrary to its original meaning. Uh, Joe, I think I think I understand what the approach is here from the left. I think I understand what they're doing. They, see, the idea here is they're saying, well, okay, there is good in everything, right? So technically, that because uh, things are meaning they exist insofar as they are good, because everything that God made is good. And so, what is evil? According to Thomas Aquinas, evil is a privation of good, meaning it's lacking a certain good. Um, 
And so whenever they say, well, you know, same sex, same sex couples, there is something good in them, right? So technically, because otherwise it just would not be existing. And so, you know, monogamous relationships, those are good things. And so we can bless it insofar as we're blessing the good parts, right? Uh, the problem is that the same thing could be said of literally anything. So Satan himself, you could say Satan himself is good insofar as he exists, insofar as he has intellect, insofar as he has the powers of the angels. Um, those are good things. But that doesn't change the fact that Satan himself is an evil being. And so, too, the same-sex attraction, these same-sex couples, uh, these are evil uh, relationships that, they, that you cannot bless because then you are not only giving approval for the entirety of the act, but you're also attempting to uh, draw out a particular good out of something that is wholly evil. And it's because something can only be good if all its parts are good. And that's Mm. what their failure uh, of recognition by the German bishops and by all the other people. But I also want to remind people, like, what is love, right? What is the definition of love? Love, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, God is love. And as we talked about today in John 12, you know, Jesus is the image of the Father, and Jesus dies on the cross, so It is love that dies on the cross for the what? The salvation of souls. It is love that sacrifices ultimately its own personal pleasures, its own personal desires to bring about the greatest possible good for the other or the beloved. Um, So to say that love is some emotion or feeling of things that I really want or feel like I'm supposed to be or, or what have you is not in keeping with the actual definition of what love really is. And I think that's part of the problem. It is not charitable to let people subsist in their sins. It's not charitable to, let, to encourage people to, to participate in sin, which is why the CDF has come out with this uh, statement back in March to say the church cannot bless same-sex relationships. It would not be charitable to do so. It would lack charity to do so. And for all the accusations that we get of being bigots or, or hate fear mongers and all the rest, it is out of a sense of love for other people that we share the good, the true, and the beautiful. Not out of a sense of hate or fear or, or what have you. It just seems totally twisted. I, I gave the example on the retreat the other day about um, what is love in relation to the Christian life and a salvation and the great example is Pendulette. He's a magician, an atheist, and he uh, was asked one day, he's like, how do you feel about all these uh, evangelical Christians coming up to you and giving you the Bible and telling you, yeah, you need to become a Christian or else you're going to hell? He goes, uh, does that ever make you upset? And he goes, no. Why would that make me upset? Because the very fact that they are willing to go out of their way to try to preach the gospel to me, even though I don't believe it and I never will, how much must they hate me to not try to convert me? Because if they believe that I'm going to spend eternity in hell if I don't become a Christian, then how much must they hate me to not try to convert me? And isn't that that's the truth? That's the truth that uh, we really need to get at. To love someone is to will the good for them, to want them to get to heaven ultimately. And um, if we fail to do so, how much must we hate someone to not try to give them the gospel? Mm. How much must we hate them to not try to steer them away from their sin? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we, we did invite... Michael Hitchborn on from the Lepanto Institute. Uh, he's not on. I'm not sure what's uh, – there might be a technical issue or something like that, but we'll have him on at some point again. We've had him on several times, but he's got an article over at Lepanto uh, Institute, which is lepantoin.org, lepantoin.org. I will link to it as well. It says, Heretical Association of Catholic Priests Supports Pro-LGBT 
adoption legislation. Now, this is I, now my wife and I adopted our oldest child is a, uh, is our adopted son, and so we've been through the process, and we can appreciate the process. So, but it's very concerning because at the time when we were going through that was when the Boston sex scandal was breaking, and there was tons of pressure upon Catholic charities in the Archdiocese of Boston to place kids in same-sex homes, which the diocese refused to do, to their credit, praise be to God. And they were forced to get out of the adoption game. And it was a scandal. It's a scandal. And so here's this article, and I wanted to uh, invite Hitchborn on to talk about this. I'll read you a little bit of it, but we'll link to it. You can read it for yourself. It says, longtime readers of Lepanto Institute are familiar with the growing threat posed to the faith and the faithful by an organization of heretical priests called the Association of United States Catholic Priests, or AUSCP. In the past, we've reported on this group for its support of women's ordination to the priesthood, its alliance with sexually deviant organizations and agendas, its work with an international network of heretical organizations, and its call for priestless parishes. The AUSCP's scandalous work even elicited a warning from its own bishop, Bishop Daniel Thomas, who said that any association with the AUSCP, quote, may be a source of grave concern due, the, due to the confusion and scandal they have caused, unquote. He goes on to say Bishop Thomas may have cause to issue another warning regarding the AUSCP. The AUSCP's obsession with all things dissident and perverse continues as we recently discovered that the organization is actively pressing for the passage of the Every Child Deserves a Family Act. The ECDF is the latest push from homosexual activists pressuring groups to force non-discrimination for any organizations that accept federal funding for their adoption services. Catholic Charities is one, one such organization, and LGBT pressure is, is pressuring groups that have been attacking Catholic Charities for some time as it follows Catholic teaching, defining what constitutes a family when placing orphans and prospective families. It, you can. This article goes on. It's very detailed. That's one of the things about the uh, Lepanto Institute that I've always appreciated is just how detailed their research actually is, citing sources, giving you examples of everything that they're stating and claiming. And you can find all of this very, uh, very detailed information over at Lepanto Institute. Again, we'll link to it, lepantoin.org. Um, but this is very concerning. Again, it's similar to the German uh, clergy that are looking forward to their blessing. It's like, I don't understand. The church's teaching is for a reason. It's not because we dislike people. Uh, it's not because we are fear mongers or, or haters of any kind or bigots. It's for love of human persons that we, that we teach what we teach because it is true. And that is part of the scandal of this that goes on and on, which is why we're going to be conversating with Bishop Athanasius Schneider here in just a little while about these types of relativisms in the church. Uh, we have about a few minutes left. I, I wanted to bring up that headline that you also reported on, Emily. Uh, the director of the White House communications uh, director said, the, the Paskey said, White House disagrees with Catholic Church on abortion. Last time I checked, uh, President Biden is Catholic, is he not? 
That's right. And I think it is everybody at some point struggles with certain Catholic teaching unless you're born like St. Therese, like a saint. Like we have all struggled with certain teachings <laughs> of the was, church. You're saying she was born that way? Probably. <laughs> um, didn't she say that in Story of a Soul? <laughs> she might have said something like that. Um, yeah. A great book. You should read it. Um, yeah, everyone, it's okay to struggle with the teachings of the church because that means you're genuinely seeking truth. The problem is that it doesn't seem as though the White House, according to Jen Psaki, is seeking truth. They have just outright rejected church doctrine as though this is up for debate. Um, I mean, it's up for study, but it's not up for debate. So, Yes, yeah. I think that's another, that's a very important point is uh, what kind of dissent are we allowed to have for the church? And we're not allowed to make public dissent. Even if we're having a difficulty, we're not allowed to doubt the faith. We're not allowed to doubt. That's why Carl Newman's famous quote is a million difficulties doesn't make a single doubt. Because Yeah, uh, can you repeat that quote slower? Because Yes, yeah, yeah. so a million questions does not equal a single doubt. Yes. Uh, because, yes, we're not allowed to doubt. We're not allowed to dissent, especially we're not allowed to publicly dissent from the faith. Um, and so if we have a difficulty, we're allowed to bring up the difficulty um, to uh, to the relevant people, and we're uh, able to wrestle with these ideas, but yes. we are not allowed to doubt, and we're not allowed to publicly dissent from the faith. Mm. Yeah, and please ask questions. Ask us questions. Ask your priest questions. Um, but remember, your questions are not necessarily, they, that doesn't constitute doubt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're we're just about ready to go to a break here in just a moment, but I, there's another headline here. I do want to mention it in passing at the very least. This is good news, in my opinion. It, this is from LifeSite News. It's Texas House hears testimony to support an end to unilateral no-fault divorce. Praise be to God. That would be amazing to end no-fault divorce in America. It would be a blessing. So many families have been ripped apart and destroyed because of no-fault divorce. We've got to book a guest on that subject, I would say. Um, I can't remember her name. There's a, a lady in particular I'm thinking about at the back of my head. Bay McFarland. Yeah, we should probably book Bay McFarland or someone along those lines to have a conversation around no-fault divorce and the wreckage that we see in our country and our society around marriages that have been uh, ripped apart as a result of that. So you can check that article out as well over at LifeSiteNews.com. We'll, we'll link to it so you can read that for yourself. There's a lot of other headlines I'd like to jump into, but we're... Out of time in the the What's Concerning Us section. Coming up after this very short break, we're going to have breaking news and stories with Emily Alcarez and then Bishop Athanasius Schneider is going to be on from Kazakhstan to talk about relativism in the church, the crisis we face, and what we can do about it. All that is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say... I accept some of the things the church teaches, but I could never embrace the entire creed because there are some things in it that I just don't have any use for. G.K. Chesterton says, you might as well say that there's a great many things in the Encyclopedia Britannica that you don't have any use for. The church, like the Encyclopedia, is meant for everybody and not just for you. It is meant for everybody, which just happens to include you. The Catholic Church is a combination of things that are nevertheless one thing. We cannot accept only part of it without rejecting all of it. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at www.chesterton.org. 
Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Wednesday, April 28th, and these are your headlines for today. Two parishes in the Diocese of Sacramento suffered similar acts of vandalism in the past two weeks. On the weekend of April 17th, three statues were vandalized outside Holy Rosary Catholic Church in Woodland, California. In photos taken by parishioner Duke Sancho, what appear to be statues of Mary, St. John, and St. Mary Magdalene at the crucifixion scene are each disfigured with black spray paint covering the eyes. Sancho told Catholic News Agency that a parish men's fraternity and the pastor, Father Jonathan Molina, organized a project to clean the statues. Elsewhere in the diocese, a statue of Mary was also defaced with black spray paint at St. John Vianney Parish in Rancho Cordova. In an April 25th tweet, a parishioner posted a photo of a Marian statue with black paint covering the face, hands, and feet. A black cross was traced down the main body of the statue. The parishioner wrote that the graffiti was removed with a slight lasting effect on the statue. Catholic churches and statues throughout the United States have been increasingly targeted for arson and vandalism in the last year. The dioceses of Albany and Ogdensburg and other Catholic and Christian ministries last week asked the U.S. Supreme Court to hear their case against New York's abortion coverage mandate. The 2017 mandate from the state's Department of Financial Services required that employers cover abortions in their employee health insurance plans. While the state granted a religious exemption to the rule, the groups challenging the mandate to, in court claimed that it was too narrow and did not exempt agencies which primarily serve or employ people of different faiths. Plaintiffs in the case include the Diocese of Albany, the Diocese of Ogdensburg, three state Catholic charities agencies, Anglican Sisters, and Baptist and Lutheran churches. If the Supreme Court declines to hear the case of the Diocese of Albany versus Lacewell, the plaintiffs will be forced to fund abortions in their employees' health plans. If the groups do not comply with this mandate, they could face fines of millions of dollars per year, said Eric Baxter, a senior counsel at Beckett, which is representing the plaintiffs. And the Center for Child Protection at the Pontifical Gregorian University will be transformed from a diploma program to an institute of anthropology with its own faculty and offering licentiates and doctorates. Father Nuno da Silva, SJ, the rector of the university, said in a statement that the statutes of the new Institute of Anthropology, Interdisciplinary Studies on Human Dignity and Care, were approved by the Vatican's Congregation for Catholic Education last month. The Center for Child Protection was started in 2012 to provide internet-based training to Catholics anywhere in the world on the protection of children from sexual abuse. With the change to an institute starting in September of 2021, the IADC will offer the degrees of a licentiate in safeguarding and a doctorate in anthropology. According to a press release, the academic discipline of anthropology with its variety of sub-disciplines will allow the IADC to broaden the breadth of its engagement in scientific dialogue and research, 
It will thus be able to expand the CCP's endeavors by identifying and studying the anthropological, social, and systemic factors that jeopardize human dignity. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. I also want to thank Glory and Shine, gloryandshine.com, for generously underwriting a portion of Catholic Drive Time, a Catholic family-owned business manufacturing personal care products like soaps and body mists and lotions and beard balms and so much more. A beautiful packaging, by the way, just really incredible. I uh, encourage you to, uh, to thank them if you have an opportunity. Their website is gloryandshine.com. Joining us all the way now from Kazakhstan uh, via Zoom chat is uh, His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Schneider, the Auxiliary Bishop there. Good morning to you, Bishop. Thank you for your time today. Good morning. God bless you. It is very good to uh, to talk with you. We So far in this show, we've been talking about a lot of stories that have been very concerning to Catholics. Um. There's the priests in Germany, for instance. There's 500 or more that want to bless same-sex unions in May. There, There is an association of priests in America that want to embrace the LGBTQ lifestyle in many ways and in many forms to include placing uh, foster kids in same-sex homes. There's been scandals in the church, as you are more than well aware of. Here's the question I want to ask, Bishop. Uh, in 2 Thessalonians 2, St. Paul talks about the great apostasy, or rebellion, that will have to come before the great man of perdition is revealed, and then the second coming. Here's my question. What would the church look like in the midst of a great rebellion or apostasy? What would we have to see before that is true? Well, <clears throat> The Lord himself said in the gospel, when the the Son of Man will come again, will he find faith on earth? And so this question of our Lord is a rhetorical question, but the meaning of this, that he will find very few faith. So the faith will be very decreased. And this is uh, regarding First, I think the church itself, or the people, the Christians, the Catholics in the, inside the church, and we are witnessing almost uh, all the time the last decades. What you mentioned now, it's only a point of a logical consequence of the of the process of apost- apostasy, which was a gradual process, not from today tomorrow, overnight, but it was gradually uh, weakening the faith, and so weakening the light of faith, weakening the supernatural view, and substituting the faith ultimately with uh, your rationalistic human view, as is the world has. So we are now witnessing these phenomena, uh, and therefore, uh, we can say that such actions, as you mentioned, to bless officially the sin, which is the, the acts of homosexuality, is a sin, which cries to heaven. It is, it is written in the Holy Scripture, in the Catechism of the, of the Catholic Church. And 
to bless something which is against God, which against his will, this is already a kind of blasphemy. It, it's a revolt, revolting against, a rebellion against God. And so we are witnessing the abomination inside the church with this support of or blessing, so-called, of the sinful lifestyle, which is against uh, the commandment of God and even against reason and, and common sense. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest. He is the Auxiliary Bishop in Kazakhstan. We're talking about relativism in the Church and the uh, the symptoms and the uh, the difficulties and the challenges and, and, and whatnot that we are all facing. Your Excellency, why do you think so many in the Church, whether they are bishops, priests, or even lay people, why do so many seem to embrace the errors of our time? It is, um, I think it's simply because it is a lack of faith itself. It is a lack of supernatural view. And so they are adapting themselves to the spirit of this world. As St. Paul already warned, was warning the, 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 the Christians in, in the beginning, he writes in the letter, to the Romans, do not conform yourself to the spirit of the world, of this world. And so, not to take, to adapt uh, the shape of mind of this world. This was already St. Paul warning the faithful and our Lord itself. And so, in St. Paul also, and the other apostles want the church fathers uh, not to adapt ourselves to the shape of the, this world because uh, the, the spirit of this world is, is fighting against God, says the Holy Scripture. And so this world has not accepted and received Christ, as is, it is said in the Gospel of John. And, uh, and this we have to bear in mind. And St. Paul says, who likes to please uh, the world is not, cannot be a servant of Christ. And therefore, today in the Church, it is a crisis of faith first. And we have to return to the supernatural view and faith of the entire church, the face of all times. And we have to adapt ourselves to the spirit of this world. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest. We have about uh, 30 seconds before we have to go to a very short break. Um, Your Excellency, it seems that supernatural faith is the one thing we've been lacking over this past year. you got only a few seconds to respond, but I wonder what your thought is about supernatural faith in response. Well, i tell you what, it wouldn't be fair. Hold that thought. That music means we're going to go to a short break. We're going to come back on the other side of the break. I will give His Excellency opportunity to talk about Supernatural faith in the midst of the pandemic. What do we think about that? I know 
I have an opinion. I would love to hear his. That plus so much more with, uh, with Bishop Athanasius on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. Please don't go anywhere. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Most families celebrate holiday traditions, but do we appreciate why traditions are so important? Your family's traditions are built around what your family values, and they strengthen your family culture, communicating to your children more powerfully than any written word. If you value your Catholic faith, then you should have traditions in your home which communicate its importance. During the Advent and Christmas season, it's so easy for us to get caught up with what the world values and neglect to do the things that reflect what we as a family truly value. Take the time to light your Advent wreath and say a prayer or read scripture each night. Create decorations that reflect Catholic ideals and display them. Read the Christmas story or have your own children do a Christmas pageant for your family. These are all traditions which communicate your values more powerfully than anything you can say. And when they're repeated year after year, they will be firmly planted within the heart of your child. This is why traditions for the Catholic family are so important. For more ideas and insights into family culture, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you. Bishop Athanasius Schneider is our guest. We're talking about relativism in the church. Your Excellency, before the break, I wanted to ask about supernatural faith in regards to COVID. Over this past year, we, many in the church, myself included, have felt there's been a severe lacking of supernatural faith, especially among the clergy and the church, the hierarchy in the church as regards to the sacraments, access to the sacraments, to uh, having to stand our ground against state and countries and their governments that would suggest that we should be locked down while we can still go to the hardware store or the grocery store or whatever, but we're not allowed to go to church. What would you say to that, Your Excellency? It was truly a demonstration all over the world, the, the majority, unfortunately, of the clergy, the Catholic Church, uh, uh, made a privilege to the body and not to the soul. So they preferred and gave primacy to the temporal, to the physical life, with a harm and detriment to the soul, to the eternal life. And this was a a clear demonstration of their lifestyle, of this clergy and their behavior. Since we have this crisis in the church, since the Second Vatican Council, where the church um, adopted um, more, uh, uh, valued more uh, the temporal realities uh, rather than the eternal realities. And Christ came to save, not in the first place, our body, but our soul, to save our soul for the eternal life from the sin. 
And because of the sin of the soul, the body is affected. And so we have to, Christ has cleansed and saved our soul from the sin and gave us uh, the divine life of grace in our soul, first to save souls. And then from this life of grace in our soul, uh, even the body participates also. And the body will be resurrected, will, will be risen, but through a purified, saved soul, also the body will be saved. But now we are witnessing that the hierarchy is changed. It's turned almost around. On, on, so the, the bodily life, the temporal life is put on the first place and the soul is neglected. This is contrary to the entire mission of, of Christ and the Church. And as we remember the, the last canon in the cult of canon law is saying the salvation of the soul is the supreme law of the Church. And St. John is writing in his letter, this is the aim of our faith, the salvation of our soul. And today it seems in, in so many places, the behavior of, of many bishops and priests, they would say, this is the aim of our faith, the salvation of our health, bodily health. And so this is contrary to the gospel and to the entire tradition of the church. Of course, we have to also to, to take care of our body and uh, to be careful and cautious and, and observe the necessary uh, health measures and sanitary safety rules. But this is, it is evident for every person who has common sense that he will observe the rules, but not to the detriment of the immortal soul, not to the detriment to harm the, the, the life of grace in God. And so we have to, again, to return to the primacy of the soul, of the, of the divine life in our soul. We're speaking with uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder uh, for just another about six minutes. And uh, Bishop, I just, uh, you know, it's, it seems as though among priests and bishops today that there is a lack of belief in the true presence of the Eucharist. At, at least it seems as such by the manner in which we are treating the Blessed Sacrament. And, and also we see uh, the uh, lines for communion are very, very long, and the lines for confession are non-existent, even if, if they are, uh, if there's even confessions being offered. Could you speak about the belief in the true presence of the Eucharist and our reverence for the Eucharist and the relation uh, between the true presence of the Eucharist and the confessional? Yes, first I would say uh, that the deepest wound in the mystical body of Christ, in the, in the life of the Church of our days, is the Eucharistic wound. And it is revealing itself, as you mentioned, in the moment of the reception of the Holy Communion. And so uh, uh, the lack of 
of the of the confession of the sacrament of confession it is inseparably united um, um, God gave us this sacrament because we are sinners we are, we are not yet saints we cannot behave ourselves like the Pharisees and the scribes who were standing in the first rows and saying I am not a sinner and the publican the, he was behind and beating his chest and say, I am a sinner, forgive me, O Lord. And this attitude of this publican sinner, which our Lord praises and, and, and shows as an example, we have to exercise in the entire church again, exactly through the practice of a frequent, regular confession. Better to receive your times Holy Communion, but with a purified soul, it will be bear more fruit, surely, than to, to go to Holy Communion as only as uh, automatically as, uh, as a habit, uh, without serious preparation, also without seriously doing act of contritions in order to really, to let the Lord enter in our soul when we have not a, a, a deep contrition and a humble heart. The Lord cannot give us his grace even when we receive everyday Holy Communion. And so here the Orthodox Church, I am living in an in Oriental country where I have many friends in the Orthodox Church, they give us an example. Even it, it sounds for us maybe extreme, but in the Russian Orthodox Church, uh, the, the, the two sacraments are linked so, so uh, close that for every Holy Communion, they, they require a previous Holy Confession. So, and it's very, we have to take an example of our Oriental brothers and sisters. At least we have to restore a regular holy confession. And this depends on the priest. And we have to encourage our priests to give the possibilities of a more frequent confession in order that we can have more fruitful holy communions. And also to, to venerate our Lord in an in a exterior manner, kneeling down before him because he is the Lord of the Lords in the holy little host to kneeling down opening our mouth like children as the Lord said if you will not become like children you will not enter the kingdom of heaven so behave yourself in this attitude even bodily make yourself little kneel down mm. when you can open your mouth like a child and our Lord will will feed you with, with his body and Amen. blood. Wow, that's a beautiful tradition from the Russian Orthodox. I didn't know about that. Thank you, Your Excellency. And I wanted to ask, um, so we here at the Catholic Drive Time team, we all recently have started going to the extraordinary form of the Mass within the past few years. And so, and this is a, a trend, I know that, I mean, it's a trend at least here in Houston where we broadca broadcast from. So, your Excellency, what's your opinion on the traditional form of the Mass, and why do you think people are, are headed in that direction? Got about two and a half minutes. Well, uh, you know, the traditional Mass is attracting even uh, almost uh, uh, the people, and especially the young people. And why? Because it is in itself beauty. It irradiates 
truth more clearly, more obviously. It irradiates uh, holiness, sacredness, and even beauty. And this, it was, our soul is longing for beauty, for uh, heaven, for sublimity in God, for silence. This is the longing of our soul, and especially the young people who are um, honestly seeking God. They are really finding in the traditional Mass this atmosphere of something heavenly. And we have to promote this, of course. It was the experience of all the saints. Take the saints, the most known saints, they grew up in this form of the liturgy. Take, look on our brothers and sisters in the Orthodox churches, in the other Oriental churches. They have even a more mysterious, sublime liturgy, which touches so profoundly the soul. So we have to return to give God the primacy, the centrality in our prayer, in our official liturgy, and God will fill our souls with so many graces. Mm. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I think the future of the church is a renewed a return to this faith and to this worship of the saints. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Your Excellency, we are out of time. Would you give us your uh, blessing, please? Dominus Praise be to God. God bless you, Bishop. Thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. And that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. We'll see you on hour number two, if possible. The game show is coming up, and prizes are involved. So you can find all the information and links at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God bless you. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. A friend asked me why Catholics have crucifixes in our churches. Don't we believe Jesus has risen? Why do we keep him on the cross? Well, first of all, you want to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified. Why does Paul preach Christ crucified? Doesn't he know Jesus has been raised from the dead? Well, of course he does. But he knows that it is through the power of the crucified Christ on the cross that the bonds of sin and death are broken. As he says in verse 24, Christ crucified is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Again, didn't Paul know that Jesus had risen from the dead? Well, of course he did. Paul preaches Christ crucified because an empty cross has no power. 
The cross that bears the beaten, battered, and bloodied body of Jesus Christ, however, that cross is the power of God. So we keep Jesus on the cross because we too preach Christ crucified. And the crucifix reminds us not only of God's power, but also his love for us, giving his only begotten son up for death and suffering. Also, here in this life, we do not share so much in the glory of the resurrection as we do in the suffering of Jesus on the cross. After all, we must take up our cross daily if we are to follow Jesus, as it says in Luke 9, verse 23. And we must die with Christ in order to live with him, as Romans 6, 8 tells us. Where did Christ die? On the cross. One other passage to keep in mind is Galatians 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Did you catch that? Jesus was publicly portrayed before their eyes as being crucified. Sounds kind of like they may have been looking at a crucifix, doesn't it? A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. It is good to be on with you. We're still like in uh, it's a, like a euphoric feeling here. We just got blessed by the bishop of Kazakhstan. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Praise be to God. Bishop Athanasius Schneider was our guest in the last hour. We'll post that conversation later today. But it was fun. It was a good time to, an opportunity to be able to talk to him finally. Emily, what did you think? I'm so edified right now. His words were so beautiful. And just they gave me so much hope. I love him. Yeah, what a good bishop. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, and and Adrian's still here, hanging out. Praise be to God, in Absolutely. spite of it all. I'm still here. I survived it. You I survived, survived the interview. It. No, it was great. And uh, the coolest thing about blessings uh, from a bishop in this manner is that we have a uh, word from the Roman pontiff back, I think it was Pius the 10th, gave permission that uh, bishops and all priests can give blessings via the radio. So all... Uh, radio blessings are valid and uh, licit and great, and you get receive the same blessing as if he was standing right in front of you. How cool is that? Praise be to God. Well, uh, that was a lot of fun. We're, we're looking forward to posting that conversation later, and you could be uh, a huge part of our program just by taking that video and sharing it with your friends and your family, helping us to grow our reach and our audience to share the good, the true, and the beautiful with even more people. You would be a big and huge instrumental uh component to our team so please later today if you get the notification and the way you get notifications is smashing the bell on youtube right so you got to subscribe all of that but even on facebook by the way it's not uh, just you can't just like a page you've got to follow the page 
and you've got to turn your notifications on as well. So I posted a video how to do that on the Catholic Drive Time Facebook page. If you go there on Facebook, you'll see it. You'll you'll show you exactly what to do. If you're just hanging out on radio, well, praise be to God. Thank you for listening to us across the Guadalupe Radio Network this morning on this hour. We're very grateful to you. You could always uh, share the word about Catholic Drive Time and invite your friends and your family to listen. We would be super grateful to you. All right, so in this hour, we have breaking news and stories, but it's all good news in this hour. So praise God, it's all upbeat, positive, good news segments coming up next. Then Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then our Fear and Trembling Game Show, where you could possibly win some very cool prizes. And this week's sponsor is Salem Studio. We're very grateful to them for underwriting our game show this week. So that's coming up. I'll give out the phone number, but, you know, pro tip. It's also posted on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can find the game show rules. You can find the prize sponsors there. You could also find the phone number there as well, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And then in the second half of this hour, we do what we call the after show where we conversate with you about whatever it is you want to talk about yesterday. I don't know, somehow, some way. We found the rabbit hole of television shows, and uh, I was trying to recall all the television shows I could remember, and we ended on Sidney Poitier and Lily of the Fields. Um, how did that happen? I have no idea, but that's the nature of the after show. The conversation goes wherever you want it to go. All right, so that's this hour. Prayerfully, you can join us for all or part of it, but either way, let's pray for your intentions whatever your needs are. And I see some people posting their, their prayer intentions right now on our social feed, so praise be to God for that. Um, whatever is on your heart, of course, your guardian angel knows. And uh, we're going to be including that in our prayer. I'm praying for the Guadalupe Radio Network this morning, for the Station of the Cross, our own needs here at the Catholic Drive Time team, to, uh, for God to reveal to us the perfect person to replace Emily as she um, transitions back home. And, of course, for her future and for her needs as well. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Emily Alcaraz. The Cuban Conference of Catholic Bishops National Committee on the Family announced a three-month period of activities to celebrate the 2021 Year of the Family, which Pope Francis declared to mark the fifth anniversary of his apostolic exhortation, Amoris Laetitia. In a statement published last weekend, the Cuban bishops expressed the need to organize and support the celebration of this time so that it has a good impact on all the communities of each diocese. And they emphasized that Christians cannot give up proposing that the foundation of the family is marriage, saying, quote, We want to present marriage as a dynamic path of development and fulfillment that progresses gradually with the progressive integration of the gifts of God. This is what Amoris Laetitia calls for. For the year of the family observance, the Bishops' Conference will provide audios developing marriage preparation topics, and a WhatsApp group for young people interested in getting married is also planned, and a marriage prep guide that will be provided by the bishops. 
A pontifical charity has announced more than $9.5 million in aid for persecuted Christians in African countries facing increased extremist violence. Mario Oliver of Aid to the Church in Need said in the announcement, quote, Christians have been targeted by Islamic extremists in many countries in Africa. In no other region have so many priests, religious, and church workers been murdered in the last three years. The aid will fund trauma rehabilitation for victims of kidnapping and violence, help rebuild churches destroyed by terrorism, promote interreligious dialogue initiatives, and provide logistical support and spiritual retreats for priests and religious sisters who minister under dangerous conditions. This announcement came after ACN published its Religious Freedom in the World Report 2021, which documented a dramatic increase in the presence of jihadist groups, some aligned with the Islamic State, in sub-Saharan Africa. The postulator of St. John Paul II's canonization cause said on Tuesday that the Polish Pope remains a prophetic voice even seven years after he was recognized as a saint. Monsignor Slavomir Oder said that when St. John Paul II was canonized on April 27, 2014, he felt he had completed the task entrusted to him by Benedict XVI, who permitted the cause to open in 2005 without the customary five-year waiting period after a candidate's death. Referring to recent criticisms of St. John Paul II in Poland and elsewhere, Monsignor Oder said that devotion to the Pope who led the Church from 1978 to 2005 would prove stronger than the attacks on him and his legacy. Monsignor said, quote, The voice of John Paul II continues to be a voice that stimulates our conscience and a prophetic voice that will always be contested by those who do not share the idea of the Church and Christianity at all. Odair is also a postulator of the beatification cause of St. John Paul II's parents, Carol and Amelia. He suggested that the Polish Pope's older brother Edmund Wojtyla could also be a suitable candidate for beatification. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Wednesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus in all things. St. Peter Chanel, pray for us. St. Peter was born on the 12th of July, 1803 in France as Peter Louis Mary Chanel. He was born to a peasant family and was a shepherd boy. He was an excellent student and ordained in 1827 at the age of 24. He was assigned to Crozet, a parish in decline, but turned it around in part because of his ministry to the sick. And also, he brought about a spiritual revival. He joined the Society of Mary, or the Marist Fathers, in 1831. He taught at the Ballet Seminary for five years and led a band of missionaries to the New Hebrides in 1836, a chain of islands just off the coast of Australia where cannibalism had only just recently been outlawed. He was the first Christian missionary on the island of Fortuna. He converted many, and often as a result, again, to his work with the sick. He learned the local language and taught in local schools, but he would be killed by the uh, the king of the island, Nuliki, a native priest king who was jealous of Peter's influence over his people and the many converts that he could created among them. Because he was the first uh, martyr in Oceana, he was beaten to death by clubs on the 28th of April, 1841. His body, unfortunately, torn to pieces with hatchets and then buried. St. Peter was canonized. On the 12th of June, 1954, by Pope Pius XII, St. Peter Chanel, pray for us.
The Gospels today comes to us from John chapter 12, verses 44 through 50. Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me believes not only in me, but also in the one who sent me. And whoever sees me sees the one who sent me. I came into the world as light, so that everyone who believes in me might not remain in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not and does not observe them, I do not condemn him, for I did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Whoever rejects me and does not accept my words has something to judge him. The word that I spoke, it will condemn him on the last day, because I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. So what I say, I say as the Father told me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now is the time of mercy. That's true. Now is the time of mercy. We should make maximum use of it, right? We should take full advantage of the incredible depth and richness of the ocean of mercy that God has given to us. Think about the sacraments, the sacramentals, the prayers, the blessings. I mean, we just got a blessing from, from the Archbishop in Kazakhstan. How incredible is that? Make maximum use of these. Because if we don't, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. What did you find out, Adrian? Uh, yes, as usual, there's a ton here that can be explored, and uh, I think you you also did touch upon this as well, but uh, I think it's something worth repeating. So, St. Saint John Chrysostom says, I judge not, that is, I am not the cause of his ruin, but he is himself its cause in despising my words, referring to us. When we sin, it is not the fact that uh, Christ is condemning us to death, is that we have rejected him, and in rejecting him, we send ourselves to hell, and he will send us to hell, he will confirm our decision uh, at the judgment seat of God. Because yes, the time of mercy is now, the time of judgment will come. That's why the great saints were so terrified of death because they said the judgments of God are not the judgments of man. Because when we see, we see people like uh, Billy Graham and people like that. And we're like, oh, you know, they're such good people. They did so many good things. Um, there is no way they're going to hell. But our Lord judges in a different way. The judgments of God are not the judgments of man. And so we do not know what will happen on our death. We, will not, we do not know uh, what God will uh, hold us account for. He know, we know that he will hold us account for every idle word. That's a scary thought. That's a very scary thought. And then the fact that it's eternal, because we have uh, Ray recognized here at the end of the gospel passage uh, that he says that he himself, the, if the son himself is eternal life and the commandments of God is eternal life, uh, says St. Augustine, what else is meant but that I am the commandment of the father. And so here uh, they take this to mean the referring to uh, combating Arianism and saying that the father is the same as a son in substance, meaning they're both part of the Godhead. They're both are the Godhead. And so, uh, but here the eternal life, this is the important point, eternal life. When we take temporary pleasure here on earth, we are condemning ourselves to eternal damnation. But if we endure temporary sufferings here on earth, then we can rejoice in perpetual eternal salvation, eternal joy and happiness. These are the options that are set for us. And we kind of don't grasp the idea of eternity. 
and it's not enough to talk about it right now, but I'll give you just a quick example. There was a great monk who fell into, he was very holy and everyone thought he was holy and he fell into uh, dwelling on impure thoughts. And because of his pride, he refused to go to confession for it because he did not want his confessor to think lowly of him. And so he hid the sin and he went and did much, much penance. His angel, guardian angel appeared to him and he said, you know, I'm going to go and do great penance for this, but I will not go to confession. On his deathbed, he failed to confess that one sin. He confessed everything else, but on his deathbed, he failed and he went to hell. And he appeared to his abbot in burning flames, saying that he went to hell for one mortal sin many mm. years before. Wow. Uh, so keep that in mind. All right. Praise be to God. St. Augustine would say, the Father is true. The Son is truth. The true begat the truth. Pretty powerful. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are involved, and the listener doesn't even need to know the answer to the question. That's how cool it is. At 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is up next. Prizes. Can't wait. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... 
Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please don't share this publicly with anyone. Uh, just keep this between us. But we like to do a few things on the, the Trivia Game Show. We like to teach a little bit about the faith, so you always learn something you probably did not know before. And I think that's true for today's questions. We like to also have a little laugh in the process, so it's always a lot of fun. Our contestants are always good sports, and we give out prizes. It's kind of a win-win-win for everybody. But here's the kicker. If you're just joining us and you're like, what in the world? Three Catholic trivia questions in my hand. They're official questions, but uh, the, the caller does not even need to know the answers to any of these questions. Right, so they don't even need to know whether uh, the details because I don't ask them. I ask Emily. I ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is Salem Studio. Salem Studio is a Catholic shop. You can find them on their website, shopsalemstudio.com, also on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And this week, Salem Studio is giving away a, a spoon and a cork bundle. So this is for a kitchen. It has a quote from St. Teresa of Avila. It says, our Lord moves amidst the pots and pans. So if you're looking for a Mother's Day gift, Mother's Day is, I think, next week in two weeks, maybe. It's coming up. This is a great website. They've got lots of kitchenware, candles, baking supplies, apparel, ornaments, mm. accessories, anything you want for your mom. So thank you, Salem Studio, for sponsoring our show this week. Yeah, praise be to God. Is is Mother's Day really coming that quickly? Yeah, I think so. Ooh, I got to make our reservations at the Bass Pro Next Shop. Next weekend? Then. Two weeks? Wow. Okay. What? Is it actually? Yeah. It's that's All right. Uh, Rabbit two, hole. Two, that's two, the, two, two weekends. Two weekends. We'll have to do that in the I'm after scared. show. All right. <laughs> I'm scared. All right. Let's go to the phones. Thank you right, to those that go. tried to call in to our program. We're very grateful to you for trying. You can always try again tomorrow. New opportunities. Uh, but let's go to the lines here. Grace, good morning to you. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Grace, do me a favor. I need you to turn off the radio because we're getting ourselves in feedback and all we can hear is ourselves on the radio. So turn down the radio so that uh, so that will eliminate that problem. Are you still there? Yes. All right, Grace, good morning to you. Thanks for being on our show. Good morning. Praise be to God, Grace. Where are you calling from? Aubrey, Texas. Aubrey, Texas. You sound like you're in the car. Where are you headed off to? School. Where's school? Mary Immaculate Catholic Church. Nice. Praise be to God for Mary Immaculate. Are you looking forward to it? What's your favorite subject, Grace? Um, science. Science. Ooh. I do not share that. <laughs> You're probably smarter than me, Grace. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Uh, my favorite was history. Science was always a, a difficulty for me. But praise be to God, Grace. We're excited that you're on the program today. And uh, you're, have you heard this show before? Do you know how the game is played, Grace? Yes, every day. Ah, praise <laughs> be to God. Thank you for that. So then you know, Grace, you know, Emily and Adrian, they can be very tricky. And you got to listen carefully. Okay. <laughs> I, however, am on your side, so let's play. Sure. Uh, Emily, we will start with you, as is our custom. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Emily, can you tell me, in what state, in which state is the Shrine of the North American Martyrs located? Oh, I, well, I love the North American Martyrs, so I should know this, but... um. 
I honestly, I think it's a state of grace. That that's a state. The state. Yeah, of grace? state of grace. Haven't you ever heard? Huh. Of okay. a state of grace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me in which state is the shrine? Of the North America Martyrs located? Uh, well, they were probably in a state of grace when they died. I'm going to go with New York, though, where the actual shrine is located. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds reasonable. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for the state of New York. And uh, Emily is on the hook for the state of grace as to the location of the shrine of the North America Martyrs. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Grace, what say you? Adrian, survey says, there we go. Wow. There we go. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, praise be to God, Grace, you were not fooled in the least by Emily and her uh, her shenanigan answer there. Uh, was that was that a tricky question, Grace? What did you think? Yes. <laughs> well, it turns out that the shrine of the North American martyr, so we're talking... Like the black robes, right? Right, yeah. Yes. Uh, so that that is located in, is it Arisville, New York? I can't, I, how do you say that? You guys are better at pronu- pronouncing names. I have no idea. Uh, Arisville, New York. Who, who just, someone on from New York on YouTube just corrected my pronunciation. So who was that? <laughs> that they would probably know. Arisville, New York. So I would love to visit the shrine of the oh, North American Betty. Martyrs. It would be super fun to go and make a trip there. But Grace, you did it. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. Congratulations. You have another, you. you have two more chances. The next one, fair warning, is a bit, con- it's, a, it's tricky. This one's tricky. Let's just see how it goes. Adrian, we'll start with you. Adrian, can Uh-oh. you tell me? What did a fosser, F-O-S-S-O-R, what did a fosser do in his job in the catacombs? Hmm, in the catacombs. I'm, I'm going to say he, uh, he polished the bones. He wanted to make polish. them shine, you know, so you can like see yourself in the bones. So the the fosser mm. is, is a, a polisher, is what is you're a saying? Polisher, mm. polisher of bones. Okay, let's see what let's see what Emily has to say here. Emily, can you tell me what did a fosser do? A fosser, F O S S O R. What did a fosser do in his job in the catacombs? So fosser is another word for grave digger. So he would dig the graves for the saints who were buried in the catacombs. Sounds. Pretty detailed. Hmm. Emily is on the hook for a grave digger. Adrian is on the hook for a bone polisher. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Grace, what say you? Emily? Survey says. There we go. Wow. We got it. Grace, now I have to say, I have to say you, you sounded like you weren't sure. Like you, you were like, yeah. Emily? I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, did, was that a hard one, Grace? Yes. Yes. That was a hard one for me. Too. Didn't I, know I, I, there, I had no idea. <laughs> no one on the team knew the answer to that question ahead of time. Just so, well, we knew we had the answer in front of us, but we didn't know what a fosser was. We had never heard of a fosser before. But the reason why we use that is because uh, back in the day, you know, before Constantine's edict that allowed Christianity to come out of the catacombs, Christians celebrated Holy Mass. In the catacombs, which is the cemetery underneath the streets of Rome. And uh, the fossers were the ones that dug the graves there. So if you go to Rome today, you can actually visit the very sites where the saints were buried and where masses were said in secret 
in uh, in, okay. in the catacombs. Thank so you. now you know. Now you can brag to your friends about fossils <laughs> in the catacombs. So praise God for that. All right, last chance here to get in on the coffee cup. Third question, uh, and uh, this should be good. Praise be to God. Let's see how it goes. Emily, can you tell me in 1954, Pope Pius XI? No, forgive me. 1954, Pope Pius XII beatified and canonized the great, quote, Pope of the Eucharist, unquote. Who was canonized? Who did he canonize? What is his name? Um, let's see. Which saint really liked the Eucharist? I'm going to go with St. Francis. St. Francis? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, in 1954, Pope Pius XII beatified and canonized the great Pope of the Eucharist. Who was that Pope? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, my boy, uh, Pope St. Pius X. Your boy. Yep, this we're, is we're official. T- your, I, I have a, I actually have a relative besties? him in my room. Okay, your your BFFs or how, what do the young people say? These no, days? yeah, I, he's, he, I have a relic of him sitting on Bestie. my uh, sitting on my uh, okay. table in my room. All right, so Adrian is on the hook for Saint Pius the Tenth. We hang out. Emily is on the hook for Saint Francis. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Grace, what say you? Emily. Survey says I'm so oh, no. Grace. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Grace. Oh, I'm so sorry. Truth be told, the answer is St. Pius X is known as the Pope of the Eucharist, and he was canonized in uh, 1954. Praise be to God. God rest his soul. St. Pius X, pray for us. But you're not bad, Grace. You got into the coffee cup twice. you you got to feel pretty good about that. Yes. Amen. You did well. I mean, Foster, that's that's pretty hard. Yeah, that was super hard. Well, God love you, Grace. We're very grateful. It's you, you were such a good sport today. Uh, we're going to put you on hold. We're going to need to put you on hold so we get your phone number in case it's God's provine providence or His divine will, rather, that you are pulled out of the cup on Friday. So you have to tune back in for that. But uh, just thanks for being a good sport today and being on. We're, we're so very grateful to you. God bless you. Have a great day at school, Grace. That is going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time. Praise God. Fun show today. A lot of uh, incredible moments. Bishop Athanasius Snyder being among them. But we're going to have an after show next on social media. So YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And we would love you to be a part of that. You can comment. You can tell us what you think. Questions that came up or any old rabbit hole that you want us to go down. We will be courageous in going down those rabbit holes. All that coming up in the after show. But if you're going to go to Mass, keep us in your prayers. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God for all the humilities that he sends our way. I just spilled coffee in my eye. Again? Apparently, I, I, I 
can't seem to drink coffee properly. Ah, uh, God's will be done in all things. Um, all right, I'm trying to do Adrian's job while he's wrapping up the uh, getting, making sure he has Grace's phone number. So, all right, now I've switched the video camera. Praise be to God. Welcome back. It's the after show where we conversate about whatever it is you want to conversate about. We get a little bit more casual in our conversation, so you get to drive that by commenting and letting us know what's on your mind, what's on your heart. So be sure to do that. If you are a brand new commenter, if you've never commented before, well, we get to lavish some extra love on you. And uh, so you got to make sure that we understand that you're a first-time commenter. So please make that clear. And then we will, uh, we will give you a special shout-out. Praise be to God. Valentine, good morning to you. Elizabeth, Pocahontas, Christopher, Angelo, and Myra. Welcome back, by the way, Myra. It's good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a while. Estella, good morning to you, Grandma. Hi, and Grandma. Angelo, of course. And uh, Monica Cortez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Mary Barone, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Very grateful to you. Praise be to God. That's on the YouTube side. Christopher Chance, of course. Glenn Trahan. Glenn was like, uh, Emily, <laughs> Emily is in a state of confusion. Yes, usually, usually. <laughs> Before we go on any further, there's something very important. Chris said that Superman is sitting next to him and is waiting for what? me to play. Jesus no way. Thank you so much, Chris. Tell him we Thank said you. hey. Yeah, tell Superman to uh, hit me up sometime. Ouch. You know, I've never seen Christopher Chance and Superman in the same room. This I was just true. thinking that myself. It's true. Patty, thanks for hanging out with us again today. It's always uh, good to have you on. Bruce Tolman, good morning to you. Praise be to God, Bruce. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, I know I saw at least one new commenter this morning. I'm pretty sure I did. William Pease, good morning. Welcome back. Uh, Don, Lori, Jesus, coffee in your eye. Yeah, I know. It's tough being me, isn't it? Someone's got to do the embarrassment part. Joaquin, good morning to you. <laughs> I love how Mr. Joe is in a state of shock over Emily's answer. <laughs> yes, sir. We need like a whole bunch of hashtag state of or memes. We need, we need state of memes going this morning. Are there any meme creators out there besides Emily? Um, uh, Jeff's uh, son, Dominic, he said, Adrian's answer, cry room. Hashtag wrong, so wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I love the fact that your son's name is Dominic. Dominic, you have a super awesome name. Probably my top five favorite saints big of fan, all time. Big fan here. Yep, big time. Now, okay, so I did. So, Gloria, good morning to you, by the way, over on Facebook. So, there is a, a person. I'm not sure if she is a first-time commenter or not, but her first name is Lucrecia? No, she's not. She's Lu Lucretia has been Lucretia. here before. Lucretia. That's how you say that. I'm so sorry. I'm it might be Lucretia or I'm Lucretia. embarrassed for Is all David O'Gray a first-time commenter? David O'Gray? No, he's commented before. Oh. He just doesn't hang out all that often, so. Well, welcome uh, back to the show, David. Maybe we, it's been a long time, so maybe we should give him some love. You just want to play the Alleluia, don't you? Yes. That's okay. I wait, want to play the Alleluia too. Wait, hold I like on. It. We hold on. We said David Elgray, right? Yeah. Maybe for David Elgray, it ought to be the horns of the apocalypse. Um, I'm sorry, David. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you had to experience this. We, you know, David's never going to come back to watch our show anymore. Oh, because of that, David's never going to come back. He's never coming. I'm so sorry, David. Luz, I'm so sorry. Luz, we got to get David O'Gray back on the show. Luz, good morning to you, Luz. 
It's good to see you here. Barbara, good to see you. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Jesus Robles, our buddy. We got to get Jesus back in the studio. Lori says, my sister, Barbara, is a first-time commenter. <laughs> I don't think she said it that way. Yeah, she did. She no. spe- spelled it sister. sister. My sister, what? Barbara, is what? a first-time commenter. What? That means... There we go. There we go. Welcome, sister, Barbara. Ah, <laughs> uh, praise be to hey, God. Thank you for Betty. So Betty said it's pronounced Orisville. Orisville. I was Whoa, so I never would have guessed that. Wow. Yeah. Orisville. I was so off on that. Sienna said, Emily is the best. I love her being on the game show. Sienna, you're the best. Really, Sienna? You're the best. So many Dominican also names. Also a super cool name. Sienna, did you see what she did to Grace? I'm just, you know, uh. like, Really? I don't know. State of I don't want to talk about State it. State of Grace. <laughs> Francis was never pope. He wasn't even ordained a priest. What do you mean? Francis is the current pope. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 she said St. Francis. Yeah, I know. The current pope is not a saint last time I checked. Uh, Jeff, uh, I have a question for you. Did Shalom. you name all of your kids after after Dominican saints? Hmm. Because if you did, that'd be the coolest thing ever. Like, like gotta be like top, top best things ever. Really? It's pretty cool. It would have to cool. be the best top thing ever. Yeah, I I'm think not so. sure. You know, if I'm I if sure. I end up uh, deciding if I end up getting married and having children, I'm gonna probably do the same thing. Name all my kids after Dominican saints. I think that's what I'll do. Oh, I'm not sure, brother. I'm not. Hey, uh, Shalom, John twenty twenty one. Is that a new commenter? I think so. Praise be I to God. I think so. Thanks for hanging out with us today. You know what that means? I do. Praise be to God in all things. Well, today was fun. Talking to Bishop Athanasius Snyder was pretty incredible. It was quite therapeutic, honestly. I could listen Thera- to him talk really? all day. <laughs> Very it, soothing. He brought a lot of peace to my soul. Did it really? It was that good, huh? Yes. Wow. I Interesting. thought so, too. Um, I, there was a lot more questions I wanted to bring up, uh, but we just had, did not have enough time. And, you know, he, he's very generous to be able to speak in English because uh, I don't speak his native tongue. But um, unfortunately, you know, that uh, he speaks very slowly because he has to articulate it. So there was a lot we didn't get to, but that's right. We can have him back. Uh, Jeff said, thank you. Uh, or I guess Jonah. Jonah said, thank you for hosting the game show, Joe. Can you do the duh button? What? Duh. <laughs> duh. <laughs> I, it's good to have duh. at least our pleasure one fan duh. i like i like the dub button yeah praise be <laughs> to god <laughs> uh jeff said no not all dominican saints jonah dominic duh. sienna genevieve and elijah wow so you got a you got a lot of saints there yeah, elijah carmelite god elijah's yes. a carmelite uh genevieve okay uh someone any of y'all know genevieve i know the name i don't know anything about her though I'm getting her confused with Gertrude, I think. Mm. I don't know. I know Gertrude is a Dominican saint. Genevieve, I can't remember who she is. I know it's a saint name. And then obviously Jonah. That's that's a famous, famous name. Um, hmm. I like it. He's got a mixture of Old Testament and uh, saints. Absolutely. I love I love the name Elijah. I have a friend. His name is Elias, which is the Latin version of Elijah. And so uh, he, it's really cool. So I, I love, I love the name Elijah and Elias. Super oh, cool. Genevieve is the patron saint of Paris. Ah, huh. I did not know that. 
That's pretty awesome. Oh, Lori had a question. Question about the blessings through Facebook. Yeah, I said I was going to address this in the comments earlier today uh, because I said that the the blessings via the um, via I'm sorry, my brain's blinking out via radio. That was uh, that was confirmed to be a valid blessing. Uh, if you're watching it live, uh, the, the the questions about through the internet and through other means is less clear. Uh, it's pretty clear that you can do it via television, um, and it seems as though via the practice of the church today uh, that you can do it during through live streams as well. That would make me think that uh, watching on Facebook and YouTube, you'd also be able to receive the blessings. The other problem is the words of the declaration said live, and I don't know what live means because um, the question becomes, if there's a delay, if there's a delay in the stream, then does that mean that that's not live? Like how, how live does it have to be? Does it have to be instantaneous? <laughs> does it have to be five when second delay, live, 10 second delay? Yeah. Well, it, it's important because especially like even in, even in real life, if you're at a thing with the Pope, um, the Pope, he might be so far away from you that you're listening on speakers and there's like a couple second delay in the time the speaker, whenever he speaks into the microphone and it gets broadcast to your ears. Uh, so what does it mean for it to be live? These questions haven't been answered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd imagine due to the, because you have the, the general principle of lex orandi, lex credendi, the law of prayer is a law of belief. Mm-hmm. And we act as though uh, that the blessings are valid uh, and efficacious via live streams today. Uh, we see most clearly in the Ubi et Orbi blessing of Pope Francis. Yeah. He gave via live stream and even said you would receive indulgence um, for watching. And so I'd imagine, even though it has not been declared mm-hmm. as such, uh, that you do receive the same blessings as you would being present uh, universally. It could be that he only meant in this particular circumstance, and the Pope can do that. He can um, put conditions on uh, receiving indulgences and blessings. Uh, but generally speaking, it seems as though you do receive the same blessing. Uh, it's only been confirmed for radio and phone blessings. Uh, but I, I think that's, that hopefully that helps answer the question, not make things more confusing. Uh, but there you go. Sure. Yeah, very clear. Thanks, Adrian. Clear as mud? Clear Didn't as... we ask that on the game show? Who was the first pope to do a radio? Or, uh, yeah, yes, the very first radio broadcast out of the Vatican was a blessing to sailors at sea. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, St. Genevieve is a very cool story. I told her story uh, on a number of occasions that I was speaking publicly once to Cardinal DiNardo uh, a few years ago, where I linked back to um, uh, Athanasius, speaking of Athanasius, St. Athanasius uh, from the desert and the, and, and the desert fathers, all the way up through Paris, all the way into America. And Genevieve was one of the stops along the journey. Uh, she was uh, blessed by St. Germain. St. Germain was a Roman pagan who was converted uh, by the bishop in, in, uh, in that part of France. And a very cool story. But St. Genevieve is amazing. She helped to, uh, to hold back the uh, Mongol invaders out of, out of Paris because she was a holy woman. And uh, she said, get on your knees, sackcloth and ashes, and pray. In the face of turmoil and crazy, you know, she encouraged the Parisians to, to pray, to fast, and do, to do penance. And God heard their prayers and turned back the horde. So praise be to God. Thank you, St. Genevieve. We should, uh, we should we need, I need to make sure I t- we get her on the Saint of the Day schedule. Uh, real quick, Lori said, so then the answer is no, or maybe. Uh, no, so I, w- I would say, <laughs> I would See, say the answer is yes. Thanks for the clarity. I would say the answer is yes until 
uh, unless the church comes out and contradicts what I just said, in which case I would defer to the church and all things. Uh, but from my understanding, the answer is yes. It is a valid blessing via live stream. Uh, so when you're listening to that, uh, okay, the other question becomes, and I, I, I've thought about this a lot, um, what about pre-recorded blessings? Mm. Mm, so if you're watching it like a day later or the next week, mm, mm. I'm going to say that has to be, uh, and, and, and like I said before, if the church comes out and says something contrary to what I just said, defer to the church uh, and not me. So, But I, my understanding is it needs to be reasonably live. So if you're watching it and it's maybe like a couple seconds delay, maybe even a minute delay between there and then, um, I would say, yes, it's still valid blessing via live stream. If you're watching it after the live stream's over or after in, or like 10 minutes later, I'm going to say no. That, that's my personal theological opinion. I could be wrong, yeah. um, but that's my understanding right now. Uh, Buddy Kane, or no, Buddy, how do you say that? So, good grief. Uh, I, I don't know how to read, apparently. I, need, I should go back to school. Buddy asks on Facebook, is it forbidden to ask questions about Vatican II yes. interpretation on relativism? <laughs> no, of course it's never forbidden to ask questions. We can ask questions. Praise be to God. We should, we should ask questions. In fact, that was one of the points we made today on the show is a thousand questions do not equal a doubt, right? So, uh, and if we can't ask questions about the faith, then what does that say about the faith? Hmm. Right? The church... Uh, if the, what the church teaches is true, it can withstand the discussion. It can withstand the argument. And if there are things that are questionable in, in church documents or what have you, I think the lay folk ought to be asking these questions. Yes. Hold I a think, council, Bruce Toman says. I think... Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Any I don't question, know, Bruce. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, I don't want another council. <laughs> let's, let's hold off on having another council <laughs> for at least another hundred years. we a lot of councils, and we're still <laughs> Too strugg recently. struggling through some of these things. Uh, uh, I think... Uh, ask, ask the, we're going to have Michael Lofton back on in about a week or two um, to have uh, answer your tough questions. And so, if you have that question about uh, Vatican II and relativism, he's actually... That's actually part of his expertise is on yeah. um, the magisterium of the church. And so uh, questions about that kind oh, of thing is right up Michael his alley. That's a Michael Lofton question, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, what I, that's what I meant. What did I yeah. say? You said, uh, well, maybe, I don't know. Did I say Michael? I don't think I did we say Michael We were talking Lofton. about Athanasius. Yeah, maybe it. I said Bishop Athanasius. Uh, anyway, Michael Lofton will be back on the show in a couple weeks. And he, uh, either next week or the following week, and he will, uh, that's a great question to have. So I'll actually write down this question, uh, but feel free to call in and ask that question. <laughs> Did you see Elizabeth from New York, from Betty from New York? <laughs> <laughs> she yes, says, I did. She, she lives. I don't okay. want it. Don't I'll, even try. I'll, don't I'll do it. Just, I'll go for it. Now, when I first, so funny story, when I first started working in radio, which was 1997, uh, up in New England, you know, we're talking Massachusetts and southern New Hampshire. You got, uh, you got Concord, you got Swampskit, Worcester, you know, you got Gloucester, you know, uh, you got all that stuff. Well, I, I had forgotten since living, coming back to Texas, what it means to put so many consonants together in a string and try to pronounce it all with uh, throwing in a, a, a vowel or two along the way. <clears throat> so this is uh, Bet where Betty lives in a town called Shagitcoke. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. That, that must be the correct pronunciation. Shagitcoke. Shagitcoke. <laughs> Is what it, what is it actually? Is it Shadakoki? Shadakoke? 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 Sh
Straight up, straight up Coke with a little bit of rum. I'm I'm confused. Um, this, is, this is a family Chaj show. Tico. <laughs> Chaj Tico. Chaj. Uh, Melanie. People used to call and complain about me all the time. So uh, nothing has much changed since 1997, apparently. Yeah, I call in to complain about Joe. <laughs> I just use it a, an alias. <laughs> uh, Melanie said, Emily, what school are you graduating from? Emily, want to talk about your graduation? Yes. Oh, hello, Melanie. Yeah, I see you. I'm graduating <laughs> from the University of St. Thomas in Houston. Um, I came here to study theology on a full scholarship, and I'm going to be finishing this summer and going back to Chicago, where I grew up. So, UST, great theology program. Great theology program. Awesome, awesome. Compared uh, to other Catholic schools. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Compared to other Catholic schools in Texas, too. Yeah, There's like two good Catholic schools in Texas, in my opinion. And what would be the other one? University your, of Dallas. Dallas, Dallas you Dallas. Uh, I don't know that, y- that the University of Dallas would include the other school on that list. Just, just saying, but okay. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, the other ones are like... Mm, very, very bad. My sister goes to um, Our Lady of the Lake in San Antonio, and they're literally teaching them. They're having them take like diversity and inclusion courses uh, for their because uh, she's doing speech language pathology, and it has like it talks about all this like LGBT stuff and everything. It's horrible. Wow. Uh, Melanie says, "Awesome, congratulations!" Thank you, Melanie. Yeah. So, if you have uh, anyone our, of our listeners have kids that are going away to college, and they want to go to college um look at the newman list the newman guide list of catholic universities it has like all these standards like do they have co-ed dorms or separate dorms do they have confession how frequently uh great that's how i chose university of st thomas really Mm -hmm. from the newman list from the newman guide yeah oh praise be to god i wanted to go to a catholic university because i wanted to study theology um and i have toured every catholic university in texas because that's what I, i wanted to stay in texas and um, when I visited St. Edward's University, they were giving, were giving me a tour, and I had asked them, uh, so how was the, uh, the Catholic faith on campus? Because I didn't know the Newman Guide existed. I didn't know anything about that. I just knew, I, you know, it's a Catholic school. And they told me, oh, don't worry about that. We're not that Catholic. Ooh, and I was like, oh. That's not what you want to hear. <laughs> I was like, well, scratching that off my list. What does it say about their, their, the standard student and family that comes to their campus that they would say, oh, don't be alarmed. We're not all that Catholic. Like, what does that say about the body of their students? Mm-hmm. Like, not good. If I could go, if I was young again, and, uh, and I could go back to school, I, you know, I graduated from NHDI up in New Hampshire, but... Fighting caterpillars. Uh, fighting caterpillars. Um, if I could go back to school, I probably would either go to Christendom or I, I might choose uh, Wyoming Catholic. TAC. Mm. Thomas Aquinas College, though, um, is what I would do. Mm, yeah, I, that's the one they're the California? ones they have no Wi-Fi on campus. They have that's that the, dress yeah. code. That's the it's California intense. one? Yeah. They're yeah. The one California. What about it's the Magdalen one in New Hampshire? That's pretty intense, too. One of my novice brothers, he actually graduated from the one in uh, California, and he, mm. he said, oh, yeah, it was an amazing university. He had to write a dissertation for his bachelor's degree. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Wow. So, I don't know. I'd go to Wyoming just because they're solidly Catholic, but uh, they also do horseback riding through the mountains. Cool. Just saying. That's also very cool. And of course, Christendom. I mean, like. Yeah, Christendom is solid. Solid. Warren Carroll is my favorite church historian by far. So I would love that. But I'm old. I have a family. It would be irresponsible. So I'm not doing it. And I'm young and don't have a family. So I might go back and get my master's. We'll see. (sighs) Getting you up early is already difficult. Yep. What's it going to be like then? Horrible. 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 
but I really want to go get my master's in Thomistic studies, so I might do that. We'll see. We'll see. Pray for me. All right. Uh, what else? Uh, praise be to God. Like I said, it was good to see Myra back on the show. There's like the old, uh, the old crew. We haven't seen Kathy in a while. We haven't seen um, Mr. Anderson, right, from Florida. We haven't seen him oh, in yeah, a while. Oh, yeah, Mr. Thomas. Yeah, he hasn't been on in a long time. Christ- um, Christopher Chan says uh, Wyoming Catholic tried to recruit him, uh, but he, uh, he didn't pass the health requirement. I didn't what? know there were health I'm requirements. I'm so sorry, Christopher. That's because they do a summer program up in the mountains, and you have mm-hmm. to do climbing, and it's pretty intense. I didn't wow, know that. Wow, that's intense. Uh, Melanie said, what about Steubenville? I would have to do online. I'm ancient like Joe. Wow. Yeah, Joe yeah. is ancient. I don't know about you, but Joe, you're right. Joe is ancient. Imagine <laughs> having Dr. Scott Hahn as a professor. Yes. Uh, Steubenville, I actually, that was my number one school, but I really didn't want to move out of Texas. And I also, uh, it was cheaper to stay in, in Texas. So that's why I didn't go to Steubenville. But I really did want to go to Steubenville. Yeah. I, I have a lot of friends that went to Benedictine too. They liked it. Uh, Adrian Fonseca, I'll go back to UST if you go back. All right, Chris, let's go. I'll go get my uh, master's in Thomistic studies. What do you What are you going to do, Chris? Get your master's in theology. Um, and, and Chris, are you going to wake Adrian up at three a.m. so he gets to the office on time? No. Can no. I Can I count on you, Chris, for doing that? Nacho, Eric. What is that a Nacho Libre reference, my brother? I have no idea. Come on now. Who? Ha- All right, raise your hand if you've seen Nacho Libre. I don't, I don't want to admit it. Raise your hand if, um, if you're ashamed to admit publicly that you've seen Nacho Libre officially. Raise your hand if, you're, if your spouse is ashamed of you because you've watched Nacho Libre. Just, I don't have a spouse. Just saying. Andy Amber Carey said, you should go back now while you can. You're right. Yeah. I should go back now while I can. And Betty says, Emily had it. Scatticoke. Wow. Scatticoke. Scatticoke. <clears throat> I, I tried like seven different ways, so I was bound to get it right eventually. Maybe we ought to do a, a trivia game show where you have to pronounce, pronounce. Uh, towns in, in, North, in New England, in like the Northeast <laughs> area. New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Maine, uh, those types of places. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Adrian should live closer, says Lori. I should live closer. It's, uh, maybe I will eventually move out and move, get, a, get an apartment over here or something. Yeah, praise God. Um, Joe, I'm actually older than you. Graduated in 1985, says Melanie. Hey, now. Uh, praise be to God. It's good to be old. You have the, uh, the gift of wisdom. Josh said, Nacho Libre is legendary. No shame. Mm, a little bit of shame. Reason, a little bit of shame. <laughs> Reason in theology says, I wish I could have the energy y'all do early in the morning. Hey, we were just talking about uh, Michael Lofton. Hey, Michael, we're talking about uh, having you back on about a week or two, and we have some good questions already coming in. Uh, I'll give you a sneak peek. Um, we had a listener asked, is it forbidden to ask questions about Vatican II's interpretation on relativism? Um, I don't really know Vatican II's interpretation on relativism, but it's, uh, it's a great question. And uh, I think that would be a great question for you when, when we get you back on in about a week or so. Also, but, Michael, we go to sleep at like six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, we, okay. we, as soon as the show would turn off the cameras, we just like collapse on the floor. Let me talk about that for a second because I was, I, was, I was fascinated by that yesterday talking with my, my buddy David here at the studio. When I started radio in 97, uh, this was, the internet was still pretty new. Public internet, AOL, remember that? You've got mail. That was the thing in those days. Gross. And um, radio, my generation and older, radio was huge. It was like the medium. And 
when you got into radio, when I went to broadcasting school in Oklahoma in the mid-90s, <clears throat> the goal was morning drive time radio. That was like the pinnacle. That was like the, the, the height of your radio success is if you could get onto the morning show in a, in a major market. That was like the thing. And I, my, my second radio gig, professional gig, was morning radio up in Nashua, WHOB. And I had to be at the studio at 4 a.m. And I had to read the news and sports and all, traffic and all of that. And it was so hard, so hard. But boy, it was like living the dream. Now fast forward all these years. We're doing a morning drive radio across the country, praise be to God, across the world through the internet, praise be to God. And we are like, we're on the hunt. We're looking for someone to replace Emily in this position. Emily, you started in radio at the height. Like you didn't even have to like, the traditional way of, of building up in the radio industry is you take whatever job you can get, probably nights and weekends, in some podunk town in the middle of nowhere, and then you just keep building up your resume and you keep moving from one town to the next until eventually someone gives you a drive time morning or afternoon in a major city. And then all of a sudden you're starting to make money. You're starting to be able to afford more than just you know ramen noodles. And you're able to uh, start to make it. And then you get that morning drive slot. And then you're like, wow, you're, you're up there, especially if you're in a major market. But that is so changed now. It is so different than when I started in radio. Because now, like finding a faithful, Catholic, zealous for souls, courageous to speak about the hard issues in the face of cancel culture, I can find those people. But then I say, I need you to get out of bed early and be at the studio four, and then they go, oh, I'm done, I'm out. I can't do it anymore. It's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy that you can't find uh, a, a large group of people. It's a small set of, set of people. Also living that, in the Houston area. Well, that's the other challenge. But just in general, I've, I've talked to people from around the country, and you still, you still mention the whole 4 a.m. thing. And they're like, oh, no, I'm, I can't, can't do that. And it just it, it blows me away because, again, being an old school radio guy, that was like, that was it, man. That was, that was the mark of success. That was, that was the penultimate. You can tell that we are in the midst of a major change, um, moving away from the old school traditional radio model to the digital world so there's some sadness it's sort of bittersweet in that right so i'm pushing us towards the digital realm as well but at the same time there's bitterness towards um what i've grown up with in that model and and uh and the modes of success that were the standard for so long that's definitely a time that is it's definitely going away and you're and josh brings up well rush limbaugh was 11 to 1 you want to know why because he got tired of waking up early <laughs> that's why and rush also saved uh the am radio band single-handedly saved the am radio band yeah jesus said uh, you bring nostalgia absolutely right i did morning radio <laughs> for 12 years started at 5 a.m to 12 <laughs> noon then i had a music show from 12 to 3 then music logs and promotions to 6 p.m Ooh. Yeah, rough day. Oh, Jesus. No, that Jesus, is, that Jesus is, rough. is Jesus is legit old school radio too. Um, Jesus Robles, we got to get him back in here. Yeah, so Josh said, um, "Wow, Michael Lofton watching your show, bigly." Yeah, that's great. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> and he also said, "I think less people are commuting at six a.m. now as well." That's true too, especially because of COVID. Yeah. A yes. lot of people are no longer 
driving to work at all. They're just working from home. That's true. Uh, so it's it definitely the culture has very very much shifted and even shifted a lot in the last just few years, last couple years. Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting. Right now, we actually have over 60 listeners across Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. So that's pretty awesome. That's praise actually a record for us. So pretty awesome. Yeah, praise be to God. But you know, um, I, I've, I've been saying this for a, a long time now. As we move into the digital world, there is advantages and disadvantages. I mean, it's there's advantages in that the the ability to reach uh, whole new people over the face of the planet is cheaper and easier than radio. But we don't own the distribution methods on the digital side. Mm. The people who do do not like us. They do not care. Like Posky said, uh, Pasky said up at the the White House. You know they don't agree with the Catholic Church on abortion. Well, neither does Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Comcast. You know AT and T, Time Warner, Disney. Any of those. The people who have the power and control over who gets to play and who doesn't. They don't like the messaging. So it's difficult in the sense that Catholic evangelists must find a way to overcome those difficulties in a digital world in order to continue to communicate the good, the true, and the beautiful, even when it hurts to hear. It's important for us to do that. Uh, Buddy, we are almost out of time. I don't know that we can jump into this question with any specificity, but we could tomorrow possibly. So I would invite you to come back. And I'll save that question for Michael Lofton, too. Yes, it's about Vatican II. Mm -hmm. And um, so let's do that, buddy. Let's uh, don't go away. Come back tomorrow uh, or when we will save it for Michael Lofton as well. And then we'll, we'll get some great answers for you. So praise be to God for that. Uh, podcast. I started podcasting in 2005, Josh, back when it was brand new, and I podcasted very heavily up until about 2010, um, and I had a pretty good run at it, too, I would say, and it's definitely come back in style. It is the fastest-growing segment in the audio world uh, is digital on-demand podcasting. We're about to go off, and I want to address one question real quick. Elizabeth said, what do you what do you all think about boxing? Can we have a moral discussion? Yes. Yes, we should definitely have a moral discussion. Yeah. I think boxing is awesome. I, oh, uh, I knew you were going to say I, that. I uh, did, uh, did boxing training. I never fought uh, professionally. Uh, but I or amateurly either either or, uh, but I think boxing is awesome. I think it's great. I don't think it's immoral at all. Uh, but we should definitely have a discussion about it. Joe disagrees with me. No, I'm, so. I'm only I was only teasing. We were having a conversation about this yesterday around our dinner table about boxing, about football, and about the how is it.